Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hi there, Tom Salemi here. Welcome back to the OIS Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We've got so much to talk about. It's a huge week in uh, healthcare, obviously. It's JP Morgan Week, and I am not there. This is the first time I'm not there since it's been JP Morgan. So um, I might have missed one time decade or so ago when some child got sick, but did not make it out this year. We're going to uh, talk to folks who have been out there, including uh, our guest today, Dr. Christian Roski. He's the Managing Director and CEO of Novalik. Uh, we'll talk to Christian a bit about J.P. Morgan and try to find out some more uh, about anything else that's gone on out there this week, but it's been a pretty quiet week for ophthalmology. Pretty noisy elsewhere, uh, particularly on the political front. Just got done watching uh, President-elect Donald Trump's first press conference Obviously, uh, made an interesting proclamation about uh, bringing uh, bidding to drug pricing in uh, in the U.S. So that's something we'll have to follow up on uh, going forward. Not sure if I'd ask uh, Dr. Roski to uh, to weigh in on that uh, on that issue just yet, but I do want to talk to him about uh, Novalik's uh, great news. It uh, had positive phase two results evaluating cyclosol, it's, uh, it's uh, cyclosporin solution for the treatment of uh, moderate to severe dry eye disease. Uh, they had some positive results. So I'll doc- talk to Dr. Roski about that, about what those results mean for uh, cyclosol going forward, and also what the broader plans are for Novalik. This is the first time I've had to, had, uh, first opportunity I've had to speak with Dr. Roski. Uh, previously, I've been speaking with uh, the former CEO, Bernard Gunther, who is now the Chief Innovation Officer. Talked to uh, Bernard actually just uh, this past October at OIS at AAO. So uh, very familiar with Novalik, but uh, they brought in uh, Dr. Roski, who uh, has worked in many, many different uh, capacities in, in ophthalmology and pharma, including a recent stint at Bosch & Lom. He's been with Albert, he's, Abbott. He's been with Alcon. So uh, so this is really a, an interesting uh, move for him, and I definitely want to talk to him about what uh, what brought him to Novalik. So should be a great conversation. Uh, hopefully we'll hear a little bit about J.P. Morgan. We'll hear much more about Novalik and probably not a lot about Donald Trump. So uh, please enjoy this conversation with uh, Dr. Christian Roski. Well, Christian Roski, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you. It's great to have you and to, uh, to, to live vicariously through you. I'm not at J.P. Morgan this year, and it's uh, the first time in a long time. And I can't say I, I miss it entirely, uh, but, uh, but certainly there is a lot of activity and bustle there. Uh, given your background, and we'll get into that a bit, um, have you been to, to J.P. Morgan before? Is, uh, you've had some senior management levels uh, in, in several big companies. Do they require you to go uh, to make the pilgrimage to San Francisco in January? Great question. Actually, I was always sitting on the buyer side, but more for buying companies, assessing them. So being at uh, particularly at Alcon and later in Novartis, we looked at companies more from a strategic point of view. So I gave recommendation for commercial and obviously for strategic fit. But I left, uh, you know, the J.P. Morgan to the senior executive team to present the pathway of the companies for that time. So, yes, you're right. For me, now stepping into a new role as CEO in Novartis, that's the first time attending J.P. Morgan. And I can tell you, it, it is exciting and you miss something. <laughs> and uh, what has your uh, week been like? Is it just, uh, I know no one actually goes to J.P. Morgan. It's, uh, it's just the meetings around it. I imagine given your clinical trials, which we'll also get to in a moment, 
Uh, you've had some uh, some invitations for some meetings. Well, we have been very fortunate because uh, the meetings really came um, at a time when we had very positive data to present. You know that we have just uh, right in front of J.P. Morgan published our top line data on the cyclosol clinical trial where we were investigating dry eye diseases for severe and moderate patients. So this obviously uh, kept us really busy for both investors and potential partners. So uh, it's still in the middle of the progress, but I would say at that point, I'm very happy with the uh, proceeding of the meeting. That's terrific. Well, we've we've kind of uh, broken the ice on the clinical trials, and it is the, the news of the day. You released uh, the results last week. What uh, what were the results? Can you share them with our, our listeners? And um, what's next? What's the significance of, of these results for you? Absolutely. So um, just remind, uh, you know, the audience that um, we were running a phase two clinical trial on evaluating cyclosol, that's the cyclosporine formulation, in a very innovative uh, formulation in ISOL. That's a water-free presentation, water-free, preservative-free. And we were looking into moderate and severe eye disease. And I think uh, the results are really exciting in, in, in two aspects. One is we were predicting some of the outcomes with our preclinical models. So the outcome was really uh, verifying the, the platform of the ISO drug delivery technology that we have been predicting is now clinically validated. And obviously what you want to achieve in a clinical trial as well is that you want to hit the primary endpoint. And so we did this here as well. And as we looked in this study into an active control as well, we found that we are uh, have an earlier onset of action. So looking a bit more deeper, what we have been doing, this was a phase two randomized double mask vehicle controlled multi-center US uh, clinical trial. And we had four treatment groups with basically 50 patients each. Two groups were cyclosol groups with different concentration, open 05 and open 1. And then we had an open label active control and a placebo vehicle control. And we were running the study for four weeks, uh, four months with uh, the interim time points. And we looked at obviously both signs and symptoms. So as an outcome, um, we were very excited about it. Both cyclosol groups showed a significant improvement in the cornea staining compared to vehicle over the four-month treatment group. What was even more exciting is that uh, the data really indicated an early onset of action in the cornea staining and conjunctival staining was as little as two weeks, so 14 days. So if you compare this to the products that are already on the market, that's really significant. On the other hand, uh, I was very pleased to see that the safety profile of the product was very good because both, uh, you know, active concentrations really showed excellent safety, tolerability, and a comfort profile with more than 98% of the enrolled patients completing the treatment period and no adverse events. So this is a little bit um, underlined. There were some thoughts and hypothetics a thesis that cyclosporine may uh, imply more side effects, but we cannot really confirm this with our clinical study. So in our presentation, this product works very well and is uh, pretty safe and comfortable. 
We've seen some other progress, obviously, in the dry eye space. You know, Zydra, of course, getting approval last summer and, and some movement with other programs as well. How is, uh, how is that um, helping or affecting your program a, at all? Is there uh, a lot more interest in what you're doing? Obviously, there was, in, there was interest before, but does a taste of success sort of get people more excited about uh, programs like yours? Yeah, I think Zydra or the situation, when I look at Europe, with other products coming to the market like Arcavis, I mean, it really shows that there's a high uh, medical uh, need for innovative, fast uh, uh, acting and effective uh, treatments that are at the same time uh, safe. So patients are waiting, and uh, so these results uh, are very promising from our point of view. So we will really move quickly and sit with the FDA and the EMA to discuss the next uh, pivotal study. And obviously, we are very excited that we can basically confirm uh, our expectations with respect of uh, market authorization in the United States that we were targeting by the end of 2021. So on the other hand, yeah, it, we are not looking only in dry eye. So we are looking into dry eye, glaucoma, and retina. So it was very exciting to see that uh, our platform really works, not only from a comfort point of view that we have established with another presentation, Novartis, that is on the market already in Europe, but we could uh, really confirm the drug delivery properties. So this obviously encourages us uh, really to develop highly relevant therapies beyond the dry eye um, space into glaucoma and retina. However, you say, you're absolutely right, dry eye, I would say, is our key priority. We have very high interest in programs that are running into the dry eye space. In particular, Novartis, the product that is being already marketed uh, in Europe, we want to bring to the United States. We are very well advanced here because we already have been sitting with the FDA. We know all the requirements and we are anticipating that in the first half year of 2017, we will sit down and file for our pre-IND. So that's obviously very exciting because then we don't have a one shot when it comes to um, dry eye, but we could launch in the range of 20, 21, 22, a couple of products in the dry eye space that are clearly differentiated in the patients they're targeting and in the mechanism of action. Do you feel that uh, enthusiasm for the space in the meetings you've had this week amongst buyers or potential partners um, is the, again, the momentum that we're seeing in other areas with other companies uh, in dry eye and, and across ophthalmology, I suppose. Is there, uh, how, how would you characterize the, the appetite or interest in ophthalmology amongst the, uh, the folks you've had meetings with at J.P. Morgan? Absolutely. When there was one player in the market, I mean, um, there was um, dry eyes was a bit silent. Now with cider, obviously the interest and people are looking much more into detail. This is one of my observations. So obviously everybody's very excited because uh, Xydra had a pretty uh, fast um, uh, take-up in the U.S. market. Uh, it seems to be that they can address uh, new patients. So both investors and partners, and potential partners I'm talking to, they look to, into both uh, in two areas. One is obviously this market needs differentiated products to protect premium pricing and value creation. On the other hand, there are a lot of patients out there that are currently not treated for multiple reasons. 
So really the need for an effective, fast-acting, innovative approach in dry eye, I would say is uh, even further increasing having now two products on the market in the United States. So I think it's a, in a very exciting space that um, deserves to take a lot of attention from uh, investors and in the ophthalmic community. And this is being confirmed by the scientific advisory board that we have been building over time. You know that we have both uh, you know, medical doctors like Professor Tsubota in Japan or Klaus Kurs even in Germany, but industry leaders as well with Michael Stern, who was uh, formerly serving for Alagan or Jared Cagle, uh, you know, formerly uh, being the chief scientific officer at Novartis. They are really encouraging us to continue and bring further product and evidence in this area of dry eye. It's really very deserveable and patients are waiting. Hey everyone, pardon this interruption, but I did want to remind you that our first OIS of 2017 is coming up on May 4th. It is, of course, OIS at ASCRS. Uh, it is happening at the Sheridan Grand Los Angeles, and registration is open. So go to ois.net for more information about the event, about the venue, and of course to register. So we hope to see you in Los Angeles. Now back to this conversation. You mentioned that at the start of the interview that your uh, most recent experience has been sort of on the, on the buyer side of things. Tell us a little bit about your background. You, you, your passport uh, in ophthalmology has, uh, I think you, you've punched most of the big tickets. You had Alcon and, and, and you were with Bausch & Lomb before this. Uh, what, was, uh, what were you doing for those companies and, and how is it now sitting on the, the other side of the table having, I'm not sure if you were talking to buyers, but sitting on the side of the table of the company looking, the smaller company looking for a deal with, with a larger company. What, what was the, how was that transition for you? Yeah, it's really an exciting time for Novalek because they own this disruptive technology that are currently uh, confirming here that overcomes all the limitations of water. And I got really excited about that. You're absolutely right, Tom. You know, and I bring new skills to Novalek, and I see myself that I'm completing a team at an inflection point. So what I bring to the table is um, I'm a healthcare executive. I have a background in uh, chemistry, so that really fits very nicely with our platform. And this year actually turns uh, 20 years of experience. I started at Abbott, uh, then I served uh, many, many years, uh, almost 14 years at Arcon, made the integration to Novartis and Bausch and & Lomb. And my background is marketing and sales in the beginning, and then I moved to a more in the strategic role. I worked with the executive team. I looked into yeah, BD opportunities, uh, market access, and the last uh, years I spent at um, Alcon, at Abbott, and Bausch & Lomb in general management. So in all my positions, I was really focusing on transforming organizations, and I think that's the key. People make the difference, and the team here at Novalik is very strong, so I hope that I can bring some experience from my past experience in the more sized pharma now to this uh, fascinating specialty pharma company. What was it that drew you to uh, to this opportunity? Were you looking to join the uh, the startup world, or did the just to sort of come over the the transom to you and, and seem like an exciting opportunity? Actually, uh, that's a great question. No, I I thought I would stay in the uh, the size of a big pharma uh, company. Then I was approached by by Jerry Cagle, and he told me about Novalik, and I met very very quickly with the board, 
and uh, the management team, I got really excited because when do you have the opportunity to really some to touch something that is disruptive, that is basically challenging all what we know. I mean, all eye care presentations are based on water and we are going to a water-free, preservative-free formulation that opens really new avenues and gates. And um, what excited me as well was there was a lot of confidence that this is going to work. Because Novalik, when I talked to them already last year, they had already validated their technology on multiple ways. There were a lot of preclinical data. There were early clinical data for Novartis. Cyclosol phase one study was there. And they had a product already on the market. So the proof of market was with Novartis already there. And then I met the people. I have to say they are really great. A great team, passionate, professional, and diverse. So a really an organization has a plan in place and matured, so I would say it's not any longer a startup company, but they really, we really have a plan. We know what are the next milestones. We are very focused, so really a mature organization. And last but not least, I have to admit that uh, the strong commitment from the community, obviously Jerry Cagle, who I'm known for many, many years, was obviously uh, you know very convincing to me, but I looked at the financial foundation as well, having a highly committed family office, Dietmar Hopp, with his uh, investment platform, Divini, standing behind uh, no, uh, Novalik, was obviously very convincing as well. And then talking to other renowned international faculty members on their advisory board, both industry medicine, really completed the meet. So I said, yes, that's the right time to make a big step for me. And hopefully we make big steps for Novalik in the future. Well, that does lead into to my probably next to final question, uh, the, the future. Uh, you, we talked a bit about uh, Cyclosol and, and what might be next for, for that product. You, made, you mentioned the others as well, and those are all early, in earlier stages of trials. Uh, what, is, uh, what are the next to-dos on your clinical trial list? And where are you with, with financing? Do you anticipate raising some money this year or next? Will that be necessary? So great question. I mean, we all know that the, the space we're in is, is great. Eye care, you know, with the, the three leading indications adding up for more than 12 billion annual sales and with a great uh, growth traje- trajectory over the next coming years. I think that's a great space to be. And Novartis really has the potential to, to, to transform the ocular therapeutics, to make a big difference to patients and to their to their vision. So what are the next steps? I mean, for me, they're very clear and defined is we have with our ISOL technology really the opportunity to open a new gate to customize optimal drugs. So this is, is encouraging us to continue, obviously, in the space of dry eye, but we are now putting a lot of effort into glaucoma and retina which is really resonating not only with our current investors, but with future investors as well. So what has been changing from 2016 to 2017, we will run now multiple clinical and preclinical programs in the three spaces, dry eye, glaucoma, and retina in this year. So that's a major change. On the other hand, we can show that we can deliver because our fast and proven drug development process really increases success and time to market. 
And I would say um, we really are an attractive speciality pharma opportunity that has a strong pipeline for a wide range of industry partners and investors. Being saying that, we are very well financed. So being here at JP Morgan, my intention is not that I'm looking for additional funds for future programs. Obviously, we all do that. What I'm talking to my current investor is that I would like to enlarge the platform of investors. Having an investor that is being based in Germany, obviously with European investments mainly, is good, was good for the last 10 years. Moving forward, having more programs in the United States or even looking for partners that would uh, serve these markets from a commercial point of view, I think it is advisable midterm that we are enlarging our investment uh, base and allowing Anglo-Saxonian investors to join this success story. Great. Well, you're in the, the best place, I think, to, uh, to begin those conversations. I'm wondering if... Uh when President-elect Trump announced his uh, intentions to change how Medicare pricing uh, works and introduce bidding, if there was a uh, collective shriek at J.P. Morgan, if you could feel the change in the air, if it was palpable, or if, uh, if things are still humming along at, uh, at the same breakneck, breakneck pace. Well, you know, I, I heard about the interview this morning, um, but I think the healthcare industry believes if we focus on what really is helping patients, we are on the right track, and we will be in the United States and we will be globally. So if we continue doing this, and I have a high confidence that we are doing that, then I think uh, we need to address to the audience, to the communities that we are charging prices for products, but they are providing value to patients. So we need to do a better job in communicating that. Uh, but on the other hand, we, I believe healthcare is really a sustainable business, in particular the eye care indications, retina, glaucoma, and dry eye really are an important space with a high unmet medical need, Tom. Amen. Well, I, I hope we can help you tell that story at an upcoming OIS. I look forward to meeting you there. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to. Take care. Thank you for the time and uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. Well, that is a wrap. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Christian Roski of Novalik. It's great to hear the company's progress uh, with Cyclosol. Look forward to hearing about its many, many more programs going forward and seeing it at an upcoming OIS. Thanks, of course, to our OIS podcast listeners. Ask a few favors of you. If you enjoy this podcast, go to whatever, whatever, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast and just uh, give us a ranking. Uh, we would love to, uh, to hear how we're doing, to see how we're doing, uh, add some comments. And, of course, um, tell your friends if you've uh, got colleagues who uh, really enjoy what we're talking about, innovation in ophthalmology, then please let them know about the podcast. The more listeners we have, the merrier. Uh, finally, if you have some uh, thoughts on uh, issues we should be talking about or what uh, people we should be interviewing on the OIS podcast, please just do send me an email. My email is tom at healthogy.com. Healthogy is spelled like the word health followed by letters egy.com. Healthogy is the producer of this podcast and of the OIS conferences. Again, love to hear uh, topics we should be talking about, guests we should be interviewing. So I would appreciate help in that regard as well. Finally, don't forget, May 4th at the Sheridan Grand Los Angeles, we'll be having OIS at ASCRS. Registration is open, so go to ois.net and we'll see you in Los Angeles. <music>